What up, what up, film fans? This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. Oh, yeah. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 79. 79. Wow. <laughs> 2000 and what is this? 2023? 2023. <laughs> This episode, we'll be reviewing Devotion and Black Orpheus, a cinema classic. Yeah. So, Tawana, welcome back, girl. Welcome back. Happy New Year. 2023. We are back with everybody. It's February 2023. It's Black History Month. We're moving all into Valentine's Day soon, and so everything is happening in the world. But um, it's good to be back, and uh, great to talk about these great films. And, and because it's Black History Month, we really wanted to deep dive into um, some black cultural references in film, and 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 also honor a great, you know, military leader. So I, I think that's why we decided to pick. As for me, that's why I decided to pick uh, Devotion. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, streaming on uh, Paramount Plus right now, um, you know. And um, like I said, we wanted to, you know, just talk a little bit about Black history and, and what it means to us as as Black creators and and so on and so forth. Because there's so much stuff out here, and uh, we believe in some critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to know your information because if you don't know, you're gonna repeat the mistakes. Absolutely. So you know, it's always good to be back in there. And for me, I felt like it was important to um, to pick something a little more classical, um, a little more representative, and mm-hmm. something that meant something to me from film school days. Yes. Um, and we'll talk more about that oh, in yeah. a minute, for sure. Oh, yeah. So we'll what are we in. drinking today, Tawana? You got some good stuff over there today. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, I'm a fan of this brewery. It's called Montclair Brewery. It's black-owned. It's woman-owned. Nice. Um, I believe she owns it with her husband. That's cool. Um, anyway, I've, I've enjoyed a few of other of her drinks, and I reviewed one on the show. Um, so... Dump back into the records. And they're and in, they're in uh, New Jersey, correct? They're in Montclair, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to the tap room at any time. They're open. I think they're having some Valentine, um, some Valentine events. So check that out, too. I feel like we need to do a road trip over there. So we're close. Yeah, we definitely should. <laughs> We've talked about it, so we definitely yeah, should. Yeah, we need to do that. Especially now that the world's open a little bit more. Yes. We'll get back into it. But for today, I chose something... Uh, uh, apropos, I am speaking it for Black History Month, mm-hmm. but it's actually uh, in place of uh, Valentine's Day as well. Yeah. A, little, a little resonating. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Resonation for it. That's right. Um, it's called Jubilee Red Ale. It's brewed with hibiscus. It's a delicate red wheat ale. You know how I really like my wheat. Yes, you do. So I'm a big fan. Not as much as your heifers, but you like your wheat. No, heifers is a wheat. Oh, it's a wheat too? Heifer is a wheat. Well, it's thank a, you for the education. Yeah, yeah heifer is a wheat. It's a Hefeweizen is a is a wheat beer, um, but this one in particular is brewed with hibiscus flowers, which mm. is also representative of the owner because I believe she's African. Oh, really? Okay, so, that's cool. You know, it's interesting. 
that she usually puts a lot of African recipes and African products oh, so in her drinks. Like spices and herbs. Right. And so I believe I believe, believe I reviewed Black is Beautiful, mm-hmm. which is a series of beers that was made by a variety of breweries. Right. And they all put their different spin on this um, imperial stout. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I remember that. That was so some good stuff. Hus was Balbo, mm-hmm. I believe. I might be mispronouncing it. It's a it's a chocolate. Um, so it's an ingredient they got from Africa as well. Okay. And there are a few other. Sankofa is another brewery. Right, right. But you can only get that in the DMV area. So they're another brewery that uses African products wow. to brew in there and African recipes to brew That's nice. in their beers. Right. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of Ghana recipes. Cool. Um, but this one in particular is really tasty. It has the... Hibiscus is natural tartness. It's well balanced. It's measured. Um, it has an addition of lactose that I don't think I know in it because I'm not a big fan of the lactose in beer. Now, how does that work? I'm I'm confused about the lactose situation. Um, I'm gonna lie and say I don't know right now. <laughs> but it has something. That, so, <laughs> so it's something in the processing, I guess. But it's something within the processing, and it's a it's a dry product, I believe. And usually, oh, it's in like sours. Oh. Um, and I don't like sour. Yeah, that's so, probably what gives it that so little note. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's definitely that. But the reason why I say I don't know this, the lactose in it is because it's super crisp. It's super clean red summer ale. It's a beautiful color. It's a beautiful color. And the reason why uh, red ales are called red ales is because there is a, uh, a malting process um, in the kilns when you, uh, they, it does your malts. Um, and it does your hops, so it it, it 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 darkens the it darkens the the herbs that you put in, and and that in turn creates the color. Oh, that's why it looks the way it does. Yeah, it has it has effects. So if you like Killian's, which is a favorite of mine, right? Yeah, I like it. Highly too. recommend you get it on tap. Totally different from the. It has a beautiful amber amber color. Yeah, it has a great uh, red ale amber color to mm-hmm. it. And so that's what makes it a red ale. But also, them adding the hibiscus also adds to the red tint of it. Right, right. So if you like hibiscus as a as a tea, mm-hmm. you could also get sort of a sort of that that note from it as well. Nice, nice. But it's tasty, and um, I really like their beer. So check them out. It See what you can good. get. Yeah, they've got some some generally good flavors. <laughs> so check them out. Oh, what do you yeah. got, Vaughn? I'm drinking uh, Mitchers uh, single barrel straight rye today because I'm doing a a beverage in honor of um, Valentine's Day. Yes. Because I wanted to bring in some red color because I'm so I'm doing a, a strawberry old fashioned. So I infused some uh, some strawberries in my simple syrup that I used to make the the old fashioned with and Mitchners is from 1753 they've been around a long time in kentucky um it's a good it's a good uh rye i I like Mm -hmm. it a lot and um it's 84.8 proof 42.4 percent alcohol by volume so Mm -hmm. it's not crazy bad you know it's not too strong but it's you know because you know i like i like a 90 to 100 proof but that's just me um you know it's a fire charred new New American white oak. So, you know, that's what the barrels are working with. 
which is good. It's spicy. It has the peppery notes, and I know you like those, Tawana. You got to taste this. Yeah, I like it. And peppery then there's note. also, you know, that citrus note and a little butterscotch and oaky feel to it. So it's good, and it's it works tasty. well. It would work well also in a Manhattan. Mm. It would definitely work well in the Manhattan because, uh, you know, rye is always kind of cool in, in a Manhattan drink. But uh, I really like it, and uh, I would definitely recommend it. It's a little on the pricey side, mm-hmm. and it, it was a gift from a friend and a neighbor of ours and, and, and Will, who's uh, producing the show today. Thank you, Will. And, um, you know, it's always good to, you know, celebrate those those good flavors and seasoning. And I'm always about, I'm always about a Kentucky beverage, so. All right. So let's start these, um, these films. Yeah, let's talk about let's it. Let's do the reviews. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, your film, Devotion. Devotion. Devotion, directed by Jay Dillard, who is uh, a black filmmaker who's made a number of other films. Yes, and, we, and a few we've liked. A few that we've liked. And, and reviewed, actually. We reviewed Slight. Yeah, we reviewed Slight. And uh, he had a few others. He had Sweetheart. He had the Outsider series. Mm-hmm. He's had a number of others. Twilight. He also does a lot of TV. So we did that. And we liked Slight. Slight was pretty good. Yeah. So this one in particular is about... Uh, the Navy's first black aviator. Aviator. His name is Jesse Brown, played by Jonathan Majors. And the synopsis says a pair of U.S. Navy fighter pilots risk their lives during the Korean War and become some of the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. Yeah. Uh, starring, of course, Jonathan Majors, Glenn Powell from uh, the Top Gun Maverick Fair. Yes. Uh, Christina Jackson. And a number of other hosts. Oh, there's a Jonas in oh, it yeah. as well. Joe Jonas is in Joe the Jonas is in it. He wasn't bad. He wasn't yeah, bad. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. So tell us what you thought and why'd you choose this film, boy? I chose this film one because we were honoring Jesse, Jesse Brown as the first black aviator. He was also the first black uh African American to die in the Korean War. Right. And uh the first black aviator to die in the Korean War. And um you know, just the legacy that he built and, and to die so young because he was only 24 he when he died 24. in uh, 1950. So, you know, and just the the what was so wonderful about the story was the story centered more on their friendship and, and, and what it means to be the wingman. And the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, his his counterpart, Tom, was his true wingman in, in all sense of the word. And I think that, you know, it was interesting that we finally get to see these kinds of stories being told. And I think Jonathan Major, who is just an amazing actor, we've reviewed several films he's been in. And of mm-hmm. course we were big fans of Lovecraft country. Yes. And you know, he's getting ready to be all over the Marvel universe. Yes. And he's also going to be the new, you know, protagonist in the Creed, Creed three film. Yes, yes, yes. Directed by Michael B. Jordan. So right. I, his first film. This man is, there's just no, he's just boundlessly talented. And I think that it's it all was. all over the place. It was, it was important to, you know, acknowledge Jonathan Major's work. And, and, and also, because I loved him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And, yes, and, he was and, great in that. And, and just so many things. And I think that, you know, people, when you get caught up in the Marvel universe, people tend to lose sight of all the other work that you've done. Mm-hmm. But I think that he, he's just a standout and I'm glad that he was there to honor Jesse Brown 
Ensign Jesse Brown from the Navy mm-hmm. in, in, in the fact that, you know, this man was unsung because, you know, he was the first and it's hard to be the first of many things that this guy was. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I know in many times I get to be the first. I know Tawana has always been the first for many things. And yeah. I think that it's important to acknowledge those things. And, and this man, Jesse, Ensign Jesse Brown died so young. But I think it's his work and his legacy opened the door for so many other black pilots, mm-hmm. you know, in the Navy. And, and so on. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. And because it's Black History Month, it was really about acknowledging that. And this film has all of the similar notes that a movie like Top Gun Maverick would have. Yes. You know, you got all of the aerial sequences and you you got the camaraderie of the military and yes. how everybody works together. You got that that sense of the buddy film, mm-hmm. you know, cause I could really see him in the other actor doing any other kind of movie, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where they're like paired together, like, Oh, it's, it, it could be a, a cop buddy film, which was yeah. very popular in the late eighties, early nineties yeah. with like lethal weapon and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, it just shows the, the range and the capability of black actors and what we can do. And, and I wanted to just kind of really kind of spotlight that. Cause I think it's important you know, that we're not just one type of movie, you know, and it is really cool to see that. And I enjoyed the film. I never really expected to, that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did, but I actually did. And, um, but it was good. It was a good story. I love the portrayal of the woman that played his wife, the actress. She was fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. She was really good in it. And I, I think she's been in a number of other films. Um, but she was really good, and I really liked the, I really liked her portrayal of the wife. Her name is Christina Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she gave us she gave us that she gave us that black woman, that strong black woman who took care of her family. Strong black woman, but not she, like like ultimate strong black yeah. woman. She was very relatable. She wasn't trying to be a superhero. She yeah. was she was just a woman taking care of her family and yeah. supporting her husband because she knew because we were dealing in, in 1950s America where you had to deal with racism and bigotry and yeah. all these things and she was there to support her husband in his endeavors because mm-hmm. there were not a lot of black men flying jets and doing all these things. There were none. There were just not that Probably many none. and so because he was the first that says a lot right then and, and you know throughout the film you learn about his journey and what he had to deal with with people you know, persecuting him just for being black. And mm-hmm. I think that it was important that she showed him that you you do what you have to do out there. You fight your battle out there. But when you come home, I got you. Yeah. She's also in, um, and she's got a couple upcoming pieces. She's in uh, Shirley, mm-hmm. um, which I believe Regina King is playing. That's Shirley. the Shirley Chisholm film. The Shirley film. Chisholm mm-hmm. film. Um, no, the first, first black congresswoman. Right. Um, and then Who she's- ran for president. Well, so first black woman running for, running for president as well. I, she might, she might, is she the first woman to run for president? She actually could be. I think she might be the yeah, first woman to ever run for president be. too, because she's before. I forget the other uh, Ferrara. Ferrara, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So, who was vice president? Who was vice president? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, who was running for vice president? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then she's in the TV series, The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Which I'm very interested oh, in. Oh my god! I didn't um, even know there was going to be a TV yes. series. I have to watch so that. So that's all in pre-production. So there's not a lot of information about that, apart yeah. from like 
the people in it. Right, right, right. So I'm not sure who's who's playing the the officer, but like Nafisa Williams and like a bunch of other people are in it. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure who they are. Anyway, um, so yeah, so she's got some good upcoming pieces coming for herself, but yeah. and she'll do well because it yeah. was really good. What I really liked about the film myself was the the ability to treat him as a, just a regular person. It wasn't like right. he was being treated like, oh, you're the black guy. And at every turn when they tried to treat him like, well, people outside of his unit, I should right. say, because his unit didn't even flinch. Yeah, his but, unit was 1,000% behind yeah, him. And his and his uh, commanding officer as well. Right. But the, and he was well-guarded against people because naturally, uh, you never know mm-hmm. what could what could come up. Right. But, um what was interesting is that people outside of it would try to note him, or I say denote him as like the black guy, right, right, the black fighter pilot, the black this, the black, and he was like, no, just a simple fighter, fighter, um, um, fighter pilot, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I'm in this unit just trying to do my best to protect America, right, just like every other man there. Yeah, so I really like that those those moments were really um, seriously uh, acknowledged. To the point that he needed to, you know, we needed to see him and what what his life was about being in it. Right. You know, even when even when the blacks would try to like, you know, bring him into the fray, he kind of just didn't want to go into that like, take pictures of me, make make stories about me in various publications. Like he he just wanted to do his job. Right. Because that alone was tough enough. That was his mission. And being in a a and being in a military, pos- you know, uh, position, he already was getting, you know, racial epithets thrown at him left and right, right and denials. And he was just like, no, I just want to come here and do my job. And so I thought that was really interesting about him. Yeah. And, you know, there was a there was a sequence in the film where he reassures himself and he's, he's he strengthens himself by reminding himself of all the things that people have all the negative things that people had said to him. And that's what kind yeah, of built his of strength done. up. And and he kind of he did it every time he was getting ready to jump into something new and something challenging. He reminded himself of, I guess, and it's almost like reminding yourself of the pain and the struggle you've already been through yeah. to let you know that you can do this again and you yeah. you can you can succumb it, you can surpass it in yeah. so many ways. And and that was what was so. And I feel like as black people, we do that, we do that anyway, because mm-hmm. as we walk out the door every day, there's so many things that are are coming at us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From from all the social ills to police harassment to just mm-hmm. racism and bigotry. All these things are alive and well in 2023. Yes. And I feel like, you know, you kind of have to shore yourself up and say, you can do this. What you're, what you're dealing with at work. Yeah. You know, and, and so on and so forth. I think that it's, it's very interesting to see that. And there was so much vulnerability in, in Jonathan's performance that, you got that, and 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 he he delivered that in such a way that any man or woman or or anybody could understand this this the strength that you need. Mm-hmm. And he 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 really performed that in such a way because he's such a good actor, mm-hmm. and those tears were flowing. This is the one yeah. who was saying as we were watching it. You know, he was he was very tearful in many of the scenes, and it was really it was really cool to see because you don't really get to see that. Yeah. No. And it, it's not that not macho. Not from men. Right, and it's not that 
and in, that in most of the military men. men in most of these military films that we've seen yeah you know it's so much much machismo and macho right, right. ism that you don't see the vulnerability because he was just a human yeah and he he had a job to do but he also understood that his family was waiting for him back at home yeah he had a job to do for america and a job to do for his family right. but what 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 strikes me and we were talking about this during the film is that Jonathan Major so easily portrays portrays himself as a um, as a full fledged human with vulnerabilities. He has no issue crying right. at any point at any time. Right. He's very well open to expressing himself, and I think it was nice to. It was like, well, he was crying like at least three times in this But film. I mean, he was giving but, you the ugly face crying. He was giving he you the ugly face it. crying. At, and at one one point, it was it was at one of his sessions in which he strengthens himself. It, he was almost putting on an armor. Right. And repeating everything that he's ever heard himself called since he was a child. Right. To sort of like bulletproof himself before he went out. And then it, this way it could deflect. It just rolls off his back yep. because he's already said it to himself and he's already heard it numerous times. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, there were moments when, you know, there would be tragedies and he would tear. But what what I think is important is I think we as a people, not just blacks, but we as a people um, don't see men in vulnerable positions that still right. also intact their their humanity without right. making them seem weak mm-hmm. it's just a part of your vulnerability as a person yep. and you don't see that for men and you normally you really don't see a lot for black men right. um, not i think of, in i think media. of people of color p- right. portrayed in media not in a strengthening uh regard but right. i thought that was really interesting and i was happy that they did that it humanized him yeah. And it showed his sensibility with like not sensibility. I mean, his vulnerability too when he was present with his daughter. There was a kindness. He always mm-hmm. seemed kind, but there was a sweetness about him, a kindness about him. And I guess, you know, um, the father daughter relationship is a special one too. Yeah, and then you so know, really so sweet. what was cool about his performance was you also got all of his swag because in the, in yeah, the sequences yeah, about right. his time in France. Yes. You know, he he also brought humor to the role. Yes. He brought confidence. He brought swag yeah. to it. And, and and that was important to see. And it wasn't your, it was a black man swag. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't just this military dude. It was, okay, you trying to come for me? Mm-hmm. I got you. He also spoke the language. Right. He was, he was ready. He was ready in, in all sense of the words and, that's what was so cool about it. And, he was and well-armed. I liked how he, you know, he worked with Elizabeth Taylor because she's referenced in the film mm-hmm. in his meeting of her in France. And I think that it's, it's cool to see those kinds of things because you don't always get that. And so I'm glad that we were able to watch that and see it mm-hmm. in real time. So, you know, it's one of those films I, I would like and I recommend that you guys you know, as you're out there looking for things to watch and stream when you're at home, because now you can watch it at home because it's on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, of course. Well, yeah. it's so it's so it's so nice to have these accessibilities because you know, for instance, when we were when we switch over, which we're about to do <laughs> for my film, um, I have it on DVD, I have it on Blu-ray, and then I was like, where am I playing this? Yeah. <laughs> and so then I'm like, oh wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I can find it. And it was on HBO Max. 
So, you know, it's really nice to be able to have these options to be able to travel with this stuff. So, you know. And the film was released in uh, November 23rd in 2022. Yes. In the theaters. It's made uh, $21.7 million. Well, good. I'm glad. So, you know, it's it's definitely out there and it's definitely something to watch. It was a Thanksgiving movie. It's also a family film. It is very family. So you can sit down with your kids and watch it. Yes. And I, I highly recommend it. For sure. Black History Month. Yep. Wherever you are, wherever you are, this is American history. Yes. So just play it for them. And guess what, black folks? It's not about black trauma. No, he was it's a, not about black trauma at all. He was a hero. He's absolutely a hero. And he's presented in that way. And there is no physical, you know, no racially inspired physical harm. Right. So, so, just, so you can watch this. Don't yeah, worry. For sure. For sure. And it's a shame that we have to preface these things now, but we do. We do. Trauma porn. Yeah, we do. Anyway. As we as we end this segment, <laughs> so let's jump into Black <laughs> Orpheus. We'll jump into Black Orpheus. Okay, so I'll, I'll before I do the whole synopsis thing, I'll preface this by saying Black Orpheus was one of those films that I was interest, introduced in film school in a world cinema class, which I believe was taught by Michelle Mater at the new school. Um, Google her, look her up. She's got a film series called Creatively Speaking. And I say that because I think her legacy should live on. She's unfortunately passed. Rest We've in lost peace, her. Michelle. I know you're watching us. Right. But I, I hope that you look that up because she's got a litany of work that she's been involved in and shared with the rest of us. And that's how we're able to give you this nice podcast. <laughs> but I digress and say that one of the really interesting things that I loved about this movie was that it took a Greek myth and made it into a African-American, not even African-American, I'm sorry, African diaspora um, acted piece. Mm-hmm. Okay, it took it, it took it into a tale and a myth, into a new time and a new era. Uh, and what I like about that is it means that, you know, we could be the everyman as well. And as a young person in college, I was um, pulled in to it and resonated with it. Because much like if anyone has ever seen Kahende Wally's work, he's an African uh, painter, he puts um, he puts black people into classical artwork. So where once you were a kid and you might have gone to the Met, let's say, in, in New York or in any other classical museum. And you used to see all these classical pieces of artwork, but they were always white people. Mm-hmm. Now Candy Wally puts them into art and they're black. And right. it gives you a sense of regalness. It gives you it gives you a bigger denotation of, of, of glamour and grandeur. And so that's what this film did for me. And... Um, me liking the classics. Yeah, I like Shakespeare and I like Greek Greek mythology. I think they're great stories. Um, it was really interesting to see this come into play. So with that being said, I introduce to you Black Morpheus, directed by Marcel Camus, French filmmaker. Uh, this film is in Portuguese because this is the retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth just set during the time of carnival in Rio de Janeiro. Which is in Brazil, which which is is a South American country. Right, which is why we have to watch it in uh, Portuguese. It has American subtitles, really easy to follow, but it's a really beautiful film. And it 
It's the retelling of the Greek tale of Orpheus and Eurydice. So a brief synopsis of that is Eurydice um, is a musician and a poet, and he plays the lyre. I believe that's what it's called, L-Y-R-E. It's a it's a Greek instrument, and it's similar to a guitar when you look at it. Yeah, it 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 kind of reminds me of a mini harp too, in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, but anyway, so. He returns home and he marries Eurydice. She is immediately bitten by a snake. She passes away. And in Greek mythology, you would normally have to go to the underworld, which is called basically hell to us, I guess, in more modern times. Mm -hmm. So he travels to the underworld to save her. He plays his harp for Hades, the ruler of the underworld. And he's so taken back by it that he returns Eurydice to... to, um, uh, Orpheus and says, but there's just one condition. Hades, I'm sorry, Hermes will lead you out of hell. But when you go out, you must never look back. If you look back, you will disappear to each other forever. So, of course, this is not a surprise. Um, <laughs> just as Orpheus is making his way out of the opening of hell, basically, or the underworld, he sees the sun and he turns back to to share his joy that they have escaped. But he did not heed the warning, and hence she disappears and is led back to hell by Hades. So when we take place in this film, we take place in Brazil during Carnival, where these two people, played by Bruno uh, Melo, and Marpessa Dawn, Plagiaricity, um, and a number of the other cast members. I don't think we're all going gonna to know any of these people, but uh, they're participating in this grand celebration in uh, Brazil during Carnival. And if anyone has ever been to Carnival, um, you know it's this big grand party for days at a time. And... Um, and so everyone's gathered in this celebration, and the same thing happens. Uh, yeah. It's a love story that is very, um, it's black, it's beautiful, it's full of color, but it's also tragic. And I just love the way they portrayed this. You know, this was shot in, what, 1959? Uh, yep, and it was released in, uh, it was actually, I guess it was shot in uh, 58, but it was released yeah. in 59. it was released in 59. 59, it was actually June 12th of 59 was the release. Right. And so what what I really what I really appreciated about this film was the brightness, the color. I mean, if you've listened to the show and know anything about cinematography, frequently people of darker complexions aren't lit as well. They are now, but back then, I mean, to have a person lit as beautifully as this showed a great deal of talent and expertise um in 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 understanding film. Yeah. For and sure. and the 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 genuine nature of it just pulled me in. It's a fun, it's a fun at times silly, at times serious uh, film. And I, I really appreciated how they would shoot through um, reeds into a room. There was a lot of, of breaking. There was a lot of fracture uh, in a lot of the shots. And then they would pan closely into another film. Sometimes it felt like mise-en-scene, which we've all spoken about before, right? Place on stage. Right. Everything shot in this small little space. Um, and so that, 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 really, that really intrigued me. Uh, what, else is, what else is important to me about this film is that uh, 
it was an all black cast, which is what makes it important to me about right. Black History Month. Uh, all black cast. Most of the music composers and musicians, the dancers, virtually the entire production is Afro-Brazilian, which is rare for the 50s. Um, and so for this guy, this French director. Well, it's rare and people showing it. Yeah, this is it's what I'm about, saying. People showing it's it. It's rare the for the 50s. Mm-hmm. You didn't have full black cast like they're that. they're barely doing it now. Doing critical, doing, doing critical like myths, mm-hmm. like a, a, a Greek myth. This is Absolutely. like highbrow. This is like, this is like, um... Uh, um, Denzel Washington playing Macbeth, like you know, yep. it's 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 critical work, but with a different face. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. And aside from that, at the time in which the film was made, you know, it had a very dreamlike culture. Um, I'm sorry, uh, dreamlike uh, quality to it. Right. So at times it could be very surrealistic, you know. But the film also had a bit of uh, reality to it, so it wasn't always so so much of a dream. Um, and I really appreciate how they took from this Greek antiquity and applied it to the humanity, but not in such a huge, grandiose way, but in a way that was relatable. You know, the the, the theme of a love that transcends death applies both to the myth as is as it does the film. And I, unfortunately, you know, there's some grim truths, but right. <laughs> in life as there is in film. But I, you know, I really appreciated it and. The music and the color and the beauty of it was just mind blowing. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the one thing about the film, it it uh, it highlighted, you know, there was so much happening in this movie, mm-hmm. but the soundtrack in the movie introduced um, samba mm-hmm. into the conversation of music in, yes, in the did. world. And uh, the movie also won several, several awards. That's why it's so popular yeah. and it's iconic in, in yeah. film history. It won the uh, Palme d'Or mm. in 1959 at the Cannes Film Festival. It also won the 1960 Academy Award for Best Foreign Film. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Best Foreign Language Film. Yeah. And in 1960, it won the Golden Globe for Best Foreign Film. Yes. And it was nominated for the 1961 BAFTA Award for Best Film, it also won a con. Yeah, so it won. Yep. Uh, it won Best Film. That's it won. At, con it won for, the Palm de the Or. Yes, that's what I just said. Just like yes, which is <laughs> for, like, yeah. You know, so in in 1959, so yeah, it's one of those films that's, you know, people talk about, people study. So you know, and it, it was very interesting in how they told this this Greek mythology story in in such a real way. It was almost it reminded me. Of the whiz, yeah, and how that story be, yeah. was told in that very fantasy, like in the fantasy, but there was some realistic moments some there, and some realistic things, and I thought it was it was cool in that way, and um, and it just showed us a slice of life that we don't normally get to see in America because we didn't really know that much about Brazilian culture, mm-hmm. especially during that time, and so it was good to see that, and, and Carnival is actually happening. We're recording this in uh, February, and it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. In Brazil right now, because I have Brazil, some, some friends and colleagues Orleans. going over there, so um, it's one of those things. But um, Mardi Gras is, carna- is sort of like Carnival. It's good to uh, well. see the celebrations of, of the culture and the heritage yeah. of the people. Trinidad is having Carnival right now. Mm-hmm. Says so there's a number of there's a number of uh, of films that are I mean films of carnivals that are starting up. Um, also, there there were moments where I think. Um, I've read some controversies and they said, oh, it was the portrayal of black people as being silly and hedonistic and 
barbaric because there are visions of like um visions there are images of 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 hoodoo practices um and I, I don't think that's the case. I think it was very realistic. There and, was nothing, but you know what? With that's through the lens of somebody that's not part of the culture. So for them to say mm-hmm. what deems what for many people, you know, their practice is is spiritualism. Mm-hmm. So, but for many caught up in Christianity, mm-hmm. that could be deemed as barbaric. Yeah. But necess- not necessarily so. Mm-hmm. It's just once again through the vision of that person Absolutely. or the lens of that person. So I think that it's good to see those that different cultures have different practices. Mm-hmm. We don't all have to be the same to no, we don't. live in the world and, and enjoy the space that we're in yeah. because everybody has their time and their place. And I think that that was the beauty of it because you, you got to see this culture in a way and it was all about them it wasn't it was about, about anybody them. else there was, it was no, about them being happy was, and enjoying there their was culture. no white hero no it was it was literally about them telling their story and experiencing their story you know and, a, and an adaptive film that was a, you know adaptive story that was based on greek mythology mm-hmm. so it just means there's a million stories that can be told yeah but they could be told through the representation of others. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, okay, so this is in, uh, real yep. and yeah, of course there's, there's unrelenting poverty there, but there's unrelenting poverty everywhere. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you don't get to, uh, still live and celebrate. And these people were doing that. And the children seem to be resilient and to mm-hmm. take up the mantle of Euripides and, um, I'm sorry, Eurydice and Orpheus and music was 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 tremendous in helping that as well and I just think the colors in this film were so striking and so beautiful um I don't know for me it, it, it was a bit of a masterpiece especially for its time and I think if you look back and and understanding um the time in which they were shooting this Right. I think this can only be have been made as a foreign film because oh, America was absolutely not making this in the fifties. Hell, no. they barely had a fighter pilot. No, so they it's weren't not, making this. Happening. So I will say, you know, <laughs> bravo to the French. And not to mention, it just speaks to the fact that there were so many other civilizations at play oh, yeah. long before America even existed. Well, so many filmatic, cinematic right. uh, civilizations that were at play long before mm-hmm. we started. So that was what was you know so cool about it. That was what was so cool about it. But I really loved it, and like I said, um, there is a there is an availability for it to be seen on HBO Max. Yep. Actually, if you don't have HBO Max but you have a library card, try Canopy because that's an app as well that you can play um, play it for free. Yep. And you know if you. It, it's, it might be a little hard to find in some places, but it's worth the look. But it's worth the look. And if you don't have HBO Max, Canopy is definitely a resource. But it's that time again, folks. Yeah. It's that time to say goodbye. And just know Oscars is coming. That's the next episode. Oscars is coming, so we'll be reviewing those next. And our favorites. But we're glad you were here. So if you like this episode and... Uh, any of the others please like share and follow on our social media platforms that's facebook under beer bourbon and a movie instagram twitter soundcloud and we're 
we host and also Spotify and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rather. Yes. Yes. Apple Podcasts. The rebranding. The rebranding is so much. <laughs> Rest in Rest peace, iTunes. Jesse Brown. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Thank you. And uh, enjoy this. Uh, enjoy this uh, Black History Month. Be blacker and better than ever. That's right. All year round, but make it extra this this particular month. Because we're black and we're proud. That's right. Say it loud. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.